Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all are brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of crap beer, we can do this. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all are brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of crap beer, we can do this. Yeah. Hey, what's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead, and you are listening to Beer and Other Sh the podcast. Just a couple blokes helping you understand and enjoy craft beer one pour at a time. So, welcome to episode 28, and uh, we are coming to you live from sunny Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, right now. Uh, we're about to head down to the Mornington Peninsula Brewery, uh, sort of about it's about an hour from, from Melbourne, uh, along the coast, and uh, like southeast of the city. And uh, we're going to have a chat with uh, head brewer Andrew A.G. Gow, who was gracious enough to um, sit down with us, um, or agree to sit down with us, which is super, super cool. I'm, I'm hella amped. Uh, if, as you can probably tell from the last podcast, you know, I'm starting to really get a hang of... Um, just where you know the Australian craft beer scene and sort of you know how it's sort of working, who's involved, and what the major players are, and all of that good stuff. And Mornington consistently came up in the conversations as far as um, the best breweries in Australia. I mean, Victoria definitely. Australia, I'm pretty sure it came up under that as well. So for us, it's it's definitely what you know that that's the Andrews the man we want to speak to. Um, so really looking forward to that conversation. Stick around for that. Um, real quick, sponsors. Um, we're going to keep it super brief this week. We've got Brewheads, thebrewheads.com. We have Illnote Studios, illnotestudios.com. Uh, we have Toronto Urban Adventures, torontourbanadventures.com. All these sponsors are really well-named websites. And uh, highfivepedaltours.com out in Ann Arbor, Michigan, of course, is high five, F-I-V-E, pedaltours.com. All the information for the relevant discounts are below. If you're on iTunes, you can go to the description. If you're on, uh, actually, this is the only place you're going to be here in a mixed cloud, everywhere else, all the info is in the Stitcher, Spreaker, all that good stuff. All the info is down there below. Um, so check them all out. Tell them we sent you. There's coupon codes for everything, and they're all businesses that we completely co-signed and uh, roll with. So, yeah, sit back. Enjoy this chat with Andrew from Mornington. What's good, y'all? All right, so this episode, the audio played up a little bit. So we recorded it on our usual Zoom mic, but when we were sitting there recording it, it was inside a garage, but both of the doors were open, and it was practically a wind tunnel. So... At the time, we didn't realize, but when we listened back to the audio, like it was unusable. There was the vast majority of it was just wind noise, and you, and you can't fix that. So we ended up getting the audio direct from the camera. So it's a little quieter than normal. There's a bit of power tools and, and sorts of noise in the background, but it's much much better. You can understand it. It's much better than the wind. So I just want to apologize for the audio quality. Um, we bought the wind sock, so now going forward, all of our podcasts are going to sound better when they're outside. We get in there, so bear with us. Uh, it's a fantastic conversation. It is really worth your time. So you know, it might be a little difficult at times to hear it, but for the most part, it's pretty good. If it's easier, you can go and watch the highlight video on the YouTube channel or on Facebook. Um, so you can watch the mouth move. I don't know. Apparently, that's easier to watch uh, or easier to comprehend when it's like that. So, apologies, guys. Sit through it. It's definitely worth it. Andrew is a legend. Um, so yeah. Crack a beer and enjoy it. Cheers. Yeah, we brew heads, so pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. 
Alright, what's good y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead and you are watching and listening to BAOS the podcast episode 28 and today we are at the Mountain Peninsula Brewery with Andrew Gow, sir. Pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Thanks man. Welcome. Thank you very much. Extremely impressive. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Before I go any further, what is your position? Are you the head brewer? Um, yeah, I'm head brewer, production okay. slash, slash production manager. So, okay. yeah. What a place, man. We actually came here last weekend. And, uh, I wanted to tell up front so I, you know, a viewers know and listeners know you know, most about what it is in Canada and the yep. States. So, being over there, you don't get a lot of what's beer, period, or craft. Um, so I'd seen my mates back home, you know, on Facebook and stuff. Yeah. People were talking about different things and I was only paying attention and I had no access to it. So I came over here when I knew I was coming. I was like, all right, well, I need to check this out. And Mornington consistently came up in every conversation from everybody I respected their opinion. It always came up. Um, so we had an opportunity to come by last weekend. It was on a Saturday, I believe. It was, it was crazy. All sorts of age groups, like, you know, from yeah. literally 60s to, like, you know, 18-year-olds and young up and stuff. It was super impressive man. yeah well done on this place thanks yeah um how how did a place like Wilton get in, in these conversations like that's i'm, I'm intrigued about that it's not the place i would expect it's one of the you know most talked about groups yeah i mean it, when we first so we opened in 2010 um that yeah so we're going on six years um but when we first opened or before we opened there was always the question of will this location work right. being uh, light industrial. Um, since we've opened, there's a couple of roasteries around the corner. Um, okay. There's more um, art and craft based industries just a couple of streets up. So it's creating a bit of a hub around here. But when we first got here, a lot of the shareholders especially were like, is this space going to work? Um, and I was always of the belief if we've got a nice beer garden, I was always of the belief if you have really good beers, solid beers, then you should be able to attract people in. Um, and, and funnily enough, <laughs> one of the ways that we got a lot of people that it's probably not a, a real um, a positive, but the, uh, the tips at the end of the road. So a lot of guys would be driving up to go to the tip and the sign was out saying brewery to open. So yeah. we got, yeah, so they, they were kind of driving up once a month and just waiting for it to open. So a lot of guys coming up, they're waiting for three months for you guys to open. Right. So, and then, like anything that, you know, I think is quality, you get work now for them. So we become, I suppose, a destination. We're about an hour out of Melbourne, so it's not too far. So you, we get a lot of weekenders as well. Right. Um, the trips that doing the trips. So we'll either be right at the start or right at the end. So if they want to go further down the peninsula, there's another couple of breweries there. Right. And actually, in the last probably two years, there's quite a few breweries that have opened up south of, south of Melbourne as well. Right. So there's kind of a bit more of a hub here now. But um, to answer you, to get back to your question, why are we in the conversation? I mean, I like to think we're, we're putting out quality beers. Um, I think the branding's always been very strong. If the beer's not up to scratch, it doesn't seem a lot of day. So in other words, it goes down the drain, right. which doesn't happen a lot, but sometimes you've got to make a decision that you don't want to affect the brand that you've created. And the best way to do that is just to not let punches drink as much as Do you guys keep it in-house and not waste it, or you just... Oh, there's not much you can do with right. it. If a beer's that bad, it's down yeah, the drain. Not, there's not much you can do with it. So, right. yeah. That's crazy. Um, let's, let's get into this battle here. What are, we, uh, what are we talking here? So this is our our flagship, this is our um, Paylo. Paylo. Uh, Tell us about Paylo's. Is Paylo's your pa- baby? Yeah, yes, they're all, they're all my babies. Um, the Paylo is, 
in, in Australia at least, I know in America a lot of IPAs probably the most to go to here. In, in Australia it's still Paler, so it's kind of like IPAs little brother, or IPAs Paler, the big brother, whichever way you're looking at. So it's a, it's a quite easy drinking, it's 4.7%, so it's a bit lower on the alcohol, it's a bit of a session beer, it's got nice fruity American hops, Amarillo and Citra. So this is the one that, I mean I think if every brewery in Australia at least has one beer they kind of build there, which is their main seller. This is it for us. Yeah, this sells really well. Um, it's like I was just saying to you before we started, it's a bit, it's a bit darker than normal at the moment. The base malt that we normally use, the last batch of base malt that came through is just slightly darker than normal. Right. So it's actually a little bit on the dark side. Not that it, it should really affect the flavour yeah, really much, but yeah. No, cheers. Man. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, solid. So you get a nice kind of peachy, um, yeah. uh, passion fruit aromas coming through. Like I said, it's pretty clean, easy drinking palate, and and that's what I mean. One of the one of the keys was when we set up our uh, original original beer, they all had to be reasonably exceptional. You can go crazy with your specialty stuff, but stuff that's on the bar all the time has to be like like accessible. Yeah, accessible. <laughs> Both of those, um, and not too overwhelming, um, because that you, you probably want to keep that more for your for your special years. They should come on and off and change on on the taps. Okay, quick hypothesis here: would that be because that uh, as we were just saying beforehand that um, the Australians, uh, I guess, craft is in development, um, and we're trying to get people into it. So if you go and just throw them a double IPA, you know, nine percent, yeah. and they're not going to be like the, everyone who says beer is too bitter. Are going to yeah, you can validate that. If you give them a nice, flavorful 4.7 session of pale that's you know got more flavor than the average, you know, average but it's not going to scare them off. Is that kind of that's exactly it? It's probably what you call a gateway beer, right? So yeah, that's interesting because I did notice here. This is a side question. Golden ales, like every single brewery has a golden ale. I don't even really recall having many back in Canada. Yeah, I think you probably. But that would be the gateway. Yeah, well, we haven't done. We haven't done a goal. Um, uh, because I think we've, I think this is our gateway beer. So right. if we did, and, and well, we've actually, we've since done a lager. So again, that's probably a gateway beer. That, yeah, that, yeah, that is kind of, is um, is geared towards the punters that come in that don't drink craft beer, that come in and say, I drink VB or I drink Carlton Wash and I have. Right. And we point them either to lager or okay. to the paler. But to have another goal now would probably, you know, when you've got only eight taps and then you take a side off, you've got seven, a mid-strength six, I wouldn't want to have three beers for all in the same ballpark. Yeah, well, yeah, you just want to have, you want to have eight, eight different um, beverages on, you want to have different variety things. So the more, the more that we can throw our specialties on, the happier we are. So, yeah. yeah, there was a few good ones we had the other day. Yeah, the, um, the Russell Brown's out when we bought the cans. The cans, yeah. The, fridge. We yeah. Had the, um, the little red. The little red's like a bit 3.3 percent, yeah. Which, um, which we 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 we're thinking about doing that as a permanent, but I'm yeah. not sure at the moment. It okay. really depends on the market and whether we would whether we just do it in draft or whether we do it in package. Right. I know, like of all the places in Australia, the place that does the best is Queensland. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's more a there's more a culture of, of light beers and, and mid strengths because it's of the climate and, and it's quite humid, so you don't really feel like drinking. It's 30 degrees and 90% humidity. You're not going to have to sit down and drink a stout or a really no. heavy IPA. Right, right. So that's where the strengths come in. Interesting. Yeah. So oh, I was going to go back to the beginning of the story really quickly. So you guys are 
outside of Victoria, we actually only be involved this time. But yeah, so we've got reps. So we're we're up the east coast with reps, and we have distributors on, on uh, west of the west of uh, Victoria. So it's South Australia and Western Australia. Amazing. We, um, yeah, so we sell quite well. We're also exporting to China. We've really? um, yeah yeah we've been going to China for probably close to a year now. I think we're looking at going into the UK. Mm-hmm. China's probably the one that we look at we look at and see the potential and the feedback so far. We we think we're not hundred percent sure. We think we're the first Australian craft brewery to go into mainland China. Yes. Um, there's been quite a few craft breweries, Australian craft breweries going to Hong Kong, but not mainland China. But and so far so good, we've got a really good rep on the ground. He thinks he can um, you know, sell our sell our product a lot a lot wider and further than it is at the moment. So that's yeah, really promising. That's yeah. crazy. Would that affect uh, the setup? Like as you guys can see behind us here, sitting in front of the uh, the actual brewery, like if you're gonna go and so I, I don't know. If, I don't know if you know, mate. This is this is like five percent of production now. Oh really? Yeah. So we're, yeah. So we've got a, another big monster brewery around the corner, literally. Yeah. So literally a minute away, uh, around the corner. Okay. When we first started. Well, we do more specialties now. Yeah. This is more specialties. I mean, we've got the barrel program started, which is in its infancy, but you know we'll build that and get more barrels every year. Although. They're proving very hard to get because everyone's after them. Right, yeah. But this will probably no more than I would think about five percent production now. Um, the brewery, the brew house around the corner is a four vessel, twenty-five hectare litter, or so two and a half thousand litre, with twenty-five, fifty, and um, one hundred thousand litre tanks. So yeah. okay. two and a half, five thousand, ten thousand litre tanks. Um, yeah. So this is this is very small. We outgrew this brewery probably within twelve months. It was like. Um, I, was, I was wondering because I've seen you guys everywhere, right? It's something off the other yeah, day, and it was yeah. a tech tap takeover. Everybody yeah. I go to yeah. there. So I was like, we're doing this happening. Yeah, no, like, that's okay. So, so like I said, we're, we're actually sitting now, we, we built this way too, probably uh, between our first and second year. Right. We actually had four more tanks that year as well, which are now around the corner. So initially it was just the six small tanks, so three, three 12 people. Fermenters and three 12 head brides. And since we've just added more tanks and more tanks over to the point where there's 10 fermenters and three bright tanks around there, and all our, all our packaging is around the point too, so we have can and wine, bottle and wine, all that. Yeah. So everything here goes into keg. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's amazing. So therefore, for China, will that cut Or we might have to ramp up with it? Well, we've already got another 100 head fermenter on the way. I think it was ordered yesterday, so that should arrive maybe two and a half months, I'd say. So then, so that puts us in, we don't need it at the moment, but if we get another big Chinese order, we know we're ready to go. Yeah, so I'll just plug it in and away we go. Yeah. Question before we get to the end One thing I have noticed here is a severe lack of two things packaging wise that are very common in North America, but the so cans in general, and the 650 or 750 Do you have any, like, for, you guys are one of the first brewers I've seen yes. Australian that has cans regularly. I mean, all of So we, we, we got a canning line in 2013, I think we were the second Australian brewery after, after the Australian brewery in Sydney. There was already Mountain Goat was already 
um, canning their products, but they were doing it off-site uh, under Masaki, who now owns it. Um, but ever since then, probably in the last 12 months, I know there's been a lot of breweries come online and installing canning lines to the point where a, a couple of breweries opening now aren't even putting the bottling lines in, they're just going straight to cans. Yeah. yeah. I think it's cheaper for, for cans. Oh, there's a lot, there's definitely a lot of advantages. What, we, what we're finding is that, especially in summer, that it, it flips. So in winter, the sales are about even the bottles of cans, but in summer, the can sales will go up. Festivals with camping, outdoorsy kind of things where, yeah, easier to get rid of. Um, but we would always keep the bottles because we we still find in, in terms of the top end, in terms of restaurants, etc., that they want bottles. And we're in an area, we're in an area where there's, I think, the peninsula as a region has more hated restaurants than either in Australia, and, and a really strong wine, a wine, um, wine region. Yeah, there's great wineries down here. So and we're in most of them, but. I think all but probably one of them or two of them take bottles of those poster cans. So there's still that little stigma about cans, which has been broken down. But especially with the older older generation, um, there's still a bit of a stigma. Oh, cans are always yeah. yeah, totally. And it's probably got that stigma because because of the product that was, it was always mainstream, mainstream beer, yeah. yeah, as opposed to. Right. So what about the, the bingo forms, like the, the six fifties, which is super common, you know, like stone all those type of West Coast American breweries and I found in Canada replicated that. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a few breweries doing it. Um, what, what we found from uh, what we were trying to find out, when we do 330 mil, just the basic study size, yeah. that if we wanted to do a larger on our bottling line, we'd have to get a lot of new equipment, which is quite expensive, right. to replace it. I think you'll find that a lot of the breweries that are doing both might have one more elaborate uh, bottling line that they're using for the 330 and then a slower, more manually intensive bottling line where it's quite slow but you might fill four, six, fifty, seven hundred mil bottles at a time. Um, but they're, they're, they're very slow. So we've looked at it but we just thought at the moment we've got one bottling line, one can line, and that will do it. So there's no demand. In, um, I think when you're doing certain styles of beers um, and, and probably higher alcohol beers, they do look they do look really good presentation-wise. Yeah. In a, in a, and the shit's good to share, like that's why I kind of like those, like obviously the beers got here with my brother and we just like split it through 30 and get like that much yeah. to review it for blood and stuff. Where's the like, next one? Yeah, yeah the next one, like, just, like, by the time you've like, reviewed yeah. it and everything, I think it's the other Oh, it's yeah. much more communal. Yeah, yeah and I, I kind of, I enjoy that, that was yeah. just one thing I there's a reason in that financial aspect from the... There's something that's, you've got to remember as property, there's always a financial aspect. So you've got to weigh that up with you know, how much, how much, how often we use it. Um, you know, there might be three or four times a year we want to do something to it. To a yeah, big dog or a bottleneck or whatever like that. But, um, but what we actually have been talking about a bit because with the, um, the barrel program we've started, we're still experimenting at the moment, but the idea would be that next year we take the barrel program over the bigger brewery and the other package it. So at the moment right. all we can really do is put that into kegs. Okay. But with the idea that we would probably look at packaging it and that's where maybe the what you call Well I got the bottom as well. Yeah, so maybe that's where we can put that. That's right. So it's look at yeah, well, I'll just I'll just call it yeah. man. Don't make me used to call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that word in and of itself has even more stigma to it than uh, 
It does. Yeah, you know, beneath it, you can. Right? Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. So, barrel program, then we keep skipping back because they're going to get in history, but yeah. this is this is cool. Um, do you want to tell us about this one? So, this is, this is pretty new. We're, we're, we're probably a little bit behind the curve um, compared to a lot of the Australian craft breweries. I mean, there's one um, 20 k's away, Five Rocker, that has, we're up with two of the boys up there six weeks ago, and he's got a 350 barrel amazing, so he's doing blendings, it's really impressive. So that was probably inspired by a couple of younger brewers who have been badgering me to get some barrels. They're, they're actually quite hard to get now. Um, Ten years ago you could get them for nothing, but now because so many breweries are putting their beers into barrel, the price of barrels has gone, gone right up. So I mean, we've got 10 at the moment, they're 225 litre, we come in and, and, um, and, and taste them every two or three weeks. We've pulled one through back into the bright tank and keep that, which was a vinyl, which was a co-fermented um, pinot juice from a local winery called Montalto with our brown arm. So about two parts of brown and one part pinot, and we co-fermented it. So we did a, a brew day and it was really juicy. Um, and then it went back into barrel and it came back into the bright tank a couple of weeks ago and we kept it off and it was, it was good, it was interesting. It was always a bit of a risk because the, the kind of quantity of juice of wine juice to, to, to beer was always going to be contentious and we're trying to work it out. Um, it was quite interesting at one point it had this really strawberry, like, like strawberry jam nose, which kind of faded a little bit. Um, and I found too that the wine, it was one part wine to two parts beer, but the wine slightly overtook the beer aspect of it. So combination. Yeah, well, no, it's just the, yeah, the, I mean, it's higher alcohol and, and just the nature of the wine that if, if I did it again, I'd probably lower the ratio of wine or um, package it a little bit earlier. Right. So before the wine's totally overtaken. Yeah. I think it happens with like the fruit. Yeah. yeah. Like the fruit yeah. like the yeah. cherry or the cherry juice in the end, and it just had over time, it just took, yeah. took over the time. So it just, yeah, yeah. It's like it's it, well, that's the yeah, sort of thing. Like, I mean, at one point it was a really nice 50 50. To be honest, we probably left it in barrel for an extra three weeks than we should have. But look, live and learn. This year was always about experimentation, so next year we know how long we need to leave things in. Uh, it should always be trying, it was all new to us, and there was no expectations with setting it up, so we kind of made it various long ways. Yeah, yeah, totally. Right, so you got to sell us some triples, a double, and uh, what's that? Russian Girl Stout. And then we've got a barley wine, which is a pretty yeah. highly hot barley wine. Is that the one you have on the Yeah, the that's the Fatman's fat Banquet, which is, uh, yeah, it's pretty intense. Um, Great. It, it's all New Zealand, so it's New Zealand hops and New Zealand hops, right. which I don't use a brewery or I don't use a lot of New Zealand hops. Any um, reason? Oh, I probably just prefer American hops to be honest. Yeah. The big, the, the bigger, and, yeah, just the big citrusy and floral notes you get. Um, the New Zealand ones can tend to be more um, piney and herbal. Right. Um, I, I don't dislike them, but I probably prefer from building a beer. I probably usually look to America or even Australian hops. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is that sometimes they're not easy to get. So no, the New Zealand stuff. The Americans, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's just not there's not so many around, right. and a lot of them New Zealand. Yeah. I have noticed a bunch of uh, Canadian beers that you mentioned that have used like Krakow or Nelson Salt. Yeah, yeah. Nelson Salt is really hard. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a, such a distinctive hop, such right. an incredible distinctive hop. I, I, I would 
that's one of my love to use, but I can't get that. And use Gallus. Yeah, use Gallus. Yeah, for like another word, like hybrid, whatever it is. Yeah, well, it's, it's, I would say it's probably Australia's most, at least it's the most well known one. Is there any others we should be aware of? Ah, oh. off the top that are important or that we can see around? I know there's a lot of invasion of Cascade, I've seen. Yeah, there's an Australian Cascade, there's a New Zealand Cascade. I'm just trying to think of what else is just Australian and other ways. I'm always going to Australian and New Zealand mixed up. The, the thing about galaxies is what I, what you'd probably call a bit of a rock and roll hop. So it, it, it's a show off hop, it, it overtakes. If you're doing a blend, you find that go galaxy will tend to dominate. Right. Yeah, single hop. Well, you single hop, or if you're doing a blend, you might do 70, 30, 30 percent right. galaxy. Because if you do 50, 50 with most other hops, there's a few hops like mosaic is quite a dominant hop too. Right. It's just a big off mark. Yeah. You just got to keep that in mind when you're right. using it. But I mean, it's a very popular hop. It was incredibly popular probably five or six years ago. Mm -hmm. It was like the new star on the horizon. Right. Um, okay, so it's been around for a while. It's been around for a while. It was probably designed, I think, to be like a West Coast American. Right. Yeah. So I guess it's a brand new. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. So finally, yeah. I want to know your history. So I did a little bit of research, and I mean, you've uh, been at a few different major breweries. Yeah. And you've been here since 2011. Is that right? Or you came here from the beginning? I came here from the beginning. So that was 2010. 2010. Okay. So, so you prior to um, to so how, how was your was your beer journey? Beer journey started in 2000. Okay. So the millennium, I'm millennium boy, whatever that means. Uh, started at Mountain Goat, kind of just fell in there. Um, worked there for eight years. I was their first first employee, first full time really? employee. Really? Yeah. Were yeah. you straight into brewing, or was it more like? Oh, and I had to get into brewing pretty quickly because I remember Dave had to had a holiday. So I was Bruce, I had to kind of well, get yeah. up to speed pretty yeah. quickly. Okay. And I think I think there was a few a few of the people involved that were a little bit worried that I would be able to cope with it, but right. through that. Yeah. So I worked there for eight years, saw that come up from two thousand when the industry was almost yeah. Yeah. There was, might have been another two breweries in in Victoria, I think. There might have been one or two in the rest of the country. So it was this was I'm talking about real infancy of the industry. In Australia, so that, it was a really interesting time because you didn't have many reference points right. in terms of comparing your beer, in terms of speaking to other brewers about the way they were doing things. Pardon me. So there was a lot of mistakes made along the way. Mm -hmm. As much as you got things right, you probably there was probably a high percentage of things you got wrong because you didn't have anyone. How, how are you doing this? I'm doing this. I'm getting this result. Right. Not working. And it probably wasn't until the mid 2000s, I'd say, a lot, there was a lot more breweries on board. And it became more of an industry. Um, it was a very singular kind of industry early on. There wasn't many people involved. Then um, I left there in 2008, worked briefly at Silver Bay when they were at Danny Knoll, um, just for a few months. But that was really interesting. I mean, just from going, my first kind of change of brewery, and just that was a real opener for me because, um, you know, eight years of doing things the same way. And, learning under the same person and all of a sudden you have these different opinions, using different ingredients, different methods of brewing, uh, probably a more elaborate, sophisticated brew house. Um, was there for a few months, then in late 2008 I worked up at the Sunshine Coast for two months, I laughed because that was um, that's an interesting, interesting setup there, I don't really think it's really good to have a brewery in it. It was, um, it was a two-storey 
you couldn't you couldn't rinse down the top area because all the water would go underneath to the bottom area if people under there. It was interesting. Um, that, that was hard actually. What marine was that? That was Sunshine Coast. Oh, it's called Sunshine Coast Yeah, so I was kind of basically just getting it back going and then I actually uh, had the the new head brewer coming in who, who was a really well regarded um, home brewer named Scott Hargraves who actually is the head brewer of Bolton now in, in Queensland. So I kind of just showed him a few things in terms of um, uh, professional brewing. Then from there, um, I worked at Illawarra, the old um, Five Islands, which is in Illawarra, or Wollongong. They're now called Illawarra Brewery. I worked there for about 18, 20 months. And then in 2010, I got off of this job. I came down to Ben Matt. Medic Gear was pretty much a shell. Was that, yeah, that's, that's the act. No, well, this is the, one of the inter interesting things about here was this is an old, um, something you probably don't know, exploding golf ball factory. Okay. Yeah, so one of, the, one of the shareholders, Robin, um, owns uh, exploding golf balls. So he used to, um, oh, you know, stuff that. Like a, like a joke? Yeah, so like golf balls, you know, have a bucks party. Oh, and, and you hit play golf alone. That's kind of sick. Well, yeah, it doesn't make Yeah, so this, this factory was, was a how's that? And it's all the production was. Um, but then he took all his production over to China and then Matt knew Robin and said, I want to start a brewery. So, Robin is, yeah, so Robin's now one of the shareholders. So, um, so I came down in 2010, it was pretty much a shell except for the front offices. And I think I was down in June and we, Matt said, we're going we're to be open on the 1st of October. And I thought, yeah. But we were, we were open with, with um, 40, 4 beers on tap. And, yes. Yeah, so it happened really quickly and it's been onwards and upwards since then. It's been really quick. What you say? Yeah, really quick. I mean, the guys, Matt and uh, the couple of the other shareholders, um, uh, wrote a three year business plan, right. which was um, which was surpassed in the first three months. Yeah, yeah so that everything was condensed one month for 12 months or that's exactly what it happened. So we were kind of always, especially the first couple of years, we were chasing, 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 like we are always running out of beer, et cetera, et cetera. It's not a bad way to do it, but um, so now we're in, we're in a good position now. We've got a big brewery. We can get that stuff that was up to you. Make sure that Yeah. What would you, that's, that's incredible. What would you attribute to that, like that three months this success, which is probably unheard of. Uh, I think. Is there like a PR campaign or something? No, or no, we didn't. Word of mouth. Word of mouth. We didn't do any advertising. I think. Um, I think two things. One, I think this area was crying out for it. It was right. 2010, which, from me leaving Melbourne in 2008, the changes I saw from 2008 to 2010 were massive. Right. In terms in of the in the craft beer world down here. I mean, in terms of the number of venues that were putting craft on. You know, you walk into bars that used to be just all mainstream, and then if they didn't have all craft beer on, they'd have some craft beer on. Right. Um, in, in, even in the high end in restaurants, etc., there was a lot more emphasis put on craft beer. Um, and, and the area as well, I mean, the, the closest to here was probably further down the peninsula, which was, you know, 20, 25 minute drive. Um, the peninsula is a really popular tourist area anyway, so we were just kind of almost hitching our wagon onto that as well. Um, and also I think, you know, I had 10 years experience by then, so I kind of was pretty confident that I could hit the ground running in terms of, the, you know, putting it down, 
And it's pretty important, I think, when you're starting a career, you hit the ground running because if you're putting out a bad bid to start with, people are going to take a long time to come back to you if you've had a bad experience. Yeah, probably six months or four months before, before you'd say, well, I'll give them another go. Yeah. So the fact that, I mean, don't get me wrong, the beers weren't perfect, but they were pretty close to where I wanted them to be. So uh, people would come down and put you know, the pizza up. So it was yes. just a pretty relaxed kind of... And the, yeah, the jam patio and stuff? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we had the... Uh, I can't remember exactly how it was. We had the tables and everything there. But, um, and we're actually getting... That's getting um, done up in about two weeks' time. So it's having a bit of money spent on it. But unfortunately, you're a little bit restricted in what you can do out there because you've got the forklift and delivery still coming in now. Yes, so, right. yeah, you can't really... It's still pretty cool that uh, we're used to winters being minus 30. So That's this tough. is a pretty nice. Yeah, she's never seen this. Tiff thinks it's pretty funny that uh, you know, we're sitting here in a t-shirt. And, and yeah. Um, well, today's quite cold though. Yeah. Right? yeah. A bit of today's like, for winter. It's really nice. Not, with the fact that it's not like in Canada, it's really dead. Yeah. Uh, right. At least. Yeah. So at least here, pretty much. Oh, I reckon it'll take almost. Yeah. I reckon two or three months. Yeah. Where it'll be, it'll be quiet. Yeah. And otherwise, you're good. Otherwise, it's one grand. Yeah. Looking for that because I'm yeah. kind of more used to it, more into that. Yeah. I just sort of progressed from like I still enjoy it. I great. This is fantastic. I love it. Um, but I was looking for more of that, and you guys when we came, it was just super, super impressive. Yeah. And then like it's it's. I, guess I think it's. The, the, I think there's more. I think from my experience in America, I would say actually that a lot of the beers in Australia are actually more balanced than what it's in America. Right. Right. Because it's well, more, more on the west coast. Yeah, more yeah. on the west coast. And you go into a bar with 30 taps and what, 20 of them are up. And so you're actually just crying out after a couple of IPAs. Yeah, it's just like, either, either want a water or a pills. <laughs> kind of kind of yeah. It's uh, just so extreme. Well, I love it, but it's. I, I, did, I did think there was a lack of balance in a lot of them. Right. Maybe in, that would be the less case. I would say I've been in more peace in Canada. I've been traveling a lot because of immigration lately, but um, it is definitely a lot more balanced. I feel like yeah. any venue you can pretty much get one of every stuff. Yeah, and I think that's the way. I think it's the way. Yeah, if you never know what people are going to be in the mood for, like totally. the staff are going to be good for someone, cool, pills are going to be good for them. Yeah, like it is what it is. But yeah, I think balance is good. It's key. interesting too, like, I mean, from the, you know, our, our stock standard beer is pale. Brown IPA lager, or initially had a whip, Um And seeing the progression of the locals from all only drinking like pale or whip beer to now them drinking everything. Everything. Yeah, oh yeah, I want to try that, like a 10% barley water or a 10% stout, and they're happy to try it. And whereas, you know, when they first started, that would be just like, well, no, yeah. just give me a pale ale or something. So just seeing the progression of, um, of that's really, really how it's, I guess. Yeah, I mean, just, it's just it's just attuning your palate, I think. Yeah, um, you're open to a lot of people. You do, I yeah. noticed here, I thought more people would be into it, and I'll offer some of the beer and make something like this, but I'm going to do better. Yeah, that's hard to, it's hard to fight with that. I mean, you're always going to have people who do that, and I think in some ways, you're not really, you can, you can, you can bang your head against the wall trying to get those people, or you can right. just say, you know what, there's enough other people out there who are happy to drink our beer. Right. That's kind of but I, and that's probably somewhere where, Having a lager on tap comes in where you kind of they want to come in with their friends but they don't really like craft beer, so you get a lager. Yeah. In that case, so can't be right. Yeah, it's still a good, good tasting lager that, like you said, it's another gateway. Even though it's, yeah. this could be, if they're a little more open minded, the lager's enough yeah. to get them. Ah, okay. It's, but then maybe the second or third time they come in, then they go, okay, well, let's try something. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah and that's all it is, right? Yeah. So you had free reign from the start to uh, create whatever you want? Yeah, well, that was, was that one of the. Well, the, the brief from Matt was I want the 
the the regular needs to be sessionable, and then after that you can do what you want. There's no restrictions on pricing and things like that. So instead of having a budget for when you're making a beer, it was like make the best beer you can and we'll price it accordingly. Which I think is the way to go. If you kind of have restrictions on how much you can spend making a beer, you're always going to be taking shortcuts. So there's going to be a lack of hops there. You're going to use hops that don't suit the style or lack through the palette. So I think if you actually start with the white check and say, make what you want and we'll price it for you, I think that's a good one to go on. So yeah, I didn't have any restrictions um, and that's been the, the case throughout, um, which has made it a little bit rude to work out because you can just use your imagination. Get crazy. Go crazy. And I guess the number of the barrel program. And the barrels. But like I said, I mean, that's more than a couple of other rules. Yeah, I mean it goes through me, but I, I said, look, you know, do it within reason, do it with your What about collapse? Well, we've done a few. We've done, um, we've, we, we did a collaboration. The first one was probably with um, Stillwater, um, Brian Strunky from Baltimore. Oh, in the States? Yeah, he, he was over here yeah. for good, good beer work. We did a really good collaboration. We did a, a rep IPA, 100% rep IPA with um, AY from uh, New Zealand. Yeah, they're a fantastic brewery. We've done a couple of local breweries. There's a new brewery opening in Colombia, I think, next week. We'll stop in ground and done one for that. Yeah, so he's a friend who's, who's the head brewer up there. So we've done a few. Um, and then collaborations or whatever you want to call them that you might do with venues. So yes. the staff that want to do one. Yeah, so yeah what, what style do you want? They might. They have less and more input, depends on who's involved. If you've got a couple of them that are, that are um, home rules, you might let people in the heads be different. Yeah, let them, or not participate, or almost more, put, put create a little bit of And yeah, I guess that would be smaller batches, if you're saying. Yeah, it's probably more brewed here. Right. More brewed here that we just put into draft. And you might get anywhere from 10 to 20 kegs, kind of thing. It's very yeah. usually. We move them pretty easily. Yeah. Well, they'll push it through their venues. Well, and they, put, they obviously push them through their venues as well. So, yeah. yeah, so it very much sounds like uh, the North American scene have found that, like I was saying before, like we do hit one, and that's not always the friendliest type of uh, folks in the industry. But I found the craft beer across the board, anywhere I've been, I've been just, everyone's just so welcoming in that, just like the fact that it's, yeah, you want to do a club event? Let's do it. Like, I love that. I assume that found the same thing where we mean it's just like a type of people involved in Yeah, no, it's, it's really good. I mean, you, you find it's, um, in terms of exchange of ideas and, and I suppose, in intellectual property, it's pretty open. Yeah. But I feel, feel pretty comfortable bringing any number of girls and saying, asking them their advice on something, or have you used this this product, what do you think of this? So it's kind of open in that way. It's great. Um, and collaborations are fun too. I mean, you always, if you're open to it, you'll always pick up something that a different brewer or brewery will do different than you. And yeah. your eyes and go, oh, actually, that works. I might try that next time. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a it's a fun. I mean, generally speaking, there's, there's a few tickets in every industry. You need to be honest, but of course. But yeah, generally speaking, it's a it's a really good open open industry, and it's one that's enjoyable to work in. That a lot of you know, young people really don't care to get into it, but we put a job effort out for a brewer and we get a lot of applications. Right. You know, would you train them here or do, you, do they require uh, training? It's a funny one because 
the more the further you go on, the more the more like courses and things there are, and more experience guys have. So it's getting to the point where you, know, you have put a job advert in and there's 30 applications, you can probably put half of them aside because they've got no experience. Right. Or they, yeah, or they haven't, they're on the level home group, they've got no experience, they haven't done any courses. Right. And the other 15 have, so of course you can put them to Unless they've got something that just really catches the eye. Yeah, but so, I mean, I've, I, when I first started, I fell into it. I had no experience at all. And you learned on the job? I learned on the job. So, I mean, I, I kind of see it as like a scientific apprenticeship almost. There's the tactile side of it, but there's also the science side of it. So I, as a brewer, I'm not really, I'm not very strong scientifically, so I don't have that background. Right. I, I kind of can get by, but I, it's not a real strong point of mine. I'm probably more of a punchy feel brewer. So like it feels like you need more of Yeah, and just being able to kind of assess beers and know how to, how to correct them. Yeah, not like 
you know, it's yeah, like, totally. yeah, so I don't really see it. Like, I'm not trying to get you know, shit on people in the industry. I'm just <laughs> curious to see. I've only seen positive. Yeah, no, no. It's, I mean, it's probably yeah, they're probably the ones who are the. <laughs> you're probably bigger egos more to the person aren't quite as good. To be used to. Okay. <laughs> trying to prove. Say that a little bit. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, I want to do a little lightning round for you. Got a few little uh, strange questions. Yeah, sure. Um, what is your guilty pleasure beer? So something that you might not be too proud to admit to your mates that oh. you enjoy on the odd occasion. To give you a, 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 a my guilty pleasure would be cool. Right. Like, you're on the beach, I'm really not mad, I'm chucking around with it, and I don't care, it's not craft, it's basically the beer thing. Oh, 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 hand on heart, I don't think I've got like a, some sort of macro thing. Like no, but I don't really buy, I just don't buy. Look, I, I don't buy. Probably a mainstream beer. Maybe a mainstream beer at the footy. It's probably yeah. part of the whole culture. It's, you can't get craft, so by the second one you go, actually, it's not that bad. You didn't actually go to the footy the other day, they didn't have fat yak, and I know it's not craft, but I just didn't expect it to be there. It's game Yeah, what beer would you decline under any circumstances? So even if you make someone barbecue and there was they just had oh, slabs of this stuff here, probably, like probably forex. Forex? No, no. That's, no. that's terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. I don't think I've ever had it because we never looked up there and you just can't get us there. Wait. No, I did see it when we first came. We went to Liquorland and they had it there, and I went to go. Before I looked at the craft section, I was like, I haven't seen any of these beers. I'm like, hey, I'm going to grab a Calvin Dry and choose that one. No, no, no. I remember seeing 4X in it. No, I'm glad we didn't get it. Yeah, no, no. What would be your Desert Island beer? So just just one? Oh, I really, I was a really big fan of um, Fresh Off Tap Sculpin, Bell's Cave Sculpin IPA. It's a cracking beer. Um, And, yeah, a lot of that. I mean, we were talking before I said Desert beer. Those really big West Coast IPA yeah, when they get the right, yeah, they're, just, they're pretty sensational. Have you ever had Yeah, it's yeah. nothing but right, right? Yeah, yeah. that's like my favorite. Yeah, because we live like an hour and a half. Oh, like cool. Just over the border. I've never been just because I haven't been in Canada. Because of immigration, but now when you're back, mate, you're alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a boy, my friend, and he does it, Scott, because he does a podcast with me. He, uh, he's in Toronto, so he'll come up, and I said, he's done. Well, I didn't say anything. We went down a couple of times, you have this like Thursday at 10 a.m. with this one yeah, like, you have yeah. to be there. And if you're not there, 9.59, line's cut off. They only give you what they can get, like it's out of control. They're clever the way they do that, the, the marketing too, because they create this aura around here. Yeah. Really? It's, 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 no, it does. I mean, but the quality's the same when they like, create this, you know, the pubs get a certain amount of beers, you can't even let it, you're only allowed to buy, you know, two beers or whatever. Yeah. So they create this aura around it. Which is probably surpasses the actual beers. Yeah, I mean, like everyone talks about Pliny, it's great. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I oh, it's, it's great. It's like great. But I mean, when I was in America, I preferred the Bellsport Sculpin to Pliny. Yeah, I mean, they're both great, world class, amazing beers. Right. But um, to say one is head and shoulders above all the others, I'm probably Yeah, right. And then, and then to me, that's that's been created. That, that kind of money has been created. Yeah, yeah. So, I think they did that a lot over there. 
people that do it, like the Burke County, then you have to line up to get yeah. that type of thing. I think it's like 340, is that another one that they have like, to, to 340. Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's one, I'm not sure what it's called, but I think it's the Imperial Stout or something. Yeah, well, it's interesting when you look on the when you look on on tap to right beer and things. The, the the really high scoring beers are right for like the double IPAs, triple IPAs, and the big stouts. Tend to be one of those things. Yeah, people kind of go crazy. What do you think? Do you think that's more of a Well, I think it's just natural. You're going to be more excited by a ten percent, a ten percent. It's like perfectly balanced. Yeah. Triple IPA from what you are at the, the well balanced four and a half percent part. Yeah. I guess it's just the, yeah. the art that all the work has got into creating something. Yeah, yeah I mean, there are a lot more. I mean, there's a lot more complexity. Yeah. But I think it's just natural. Like, why, why not? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. And then, like you said, I guess I don't really think too much about that or that marketing. The, the purpose, what's it called? Do like, they hold off production on purpose? Like, they could make more. Yeah. They don't make more. Yeah. Like, the alchemist could go and get another brewery or do it. You guys could get another spot down the road and pump out and hang your yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I guess that's what keeps them in business. They actually had to have a red they put like stickers on the doors of like liquor stores to say like an official vendor because people made a fake fake as well because it's just that hard to get and people will believe. Yeah. Because it's, it's pretty easy to replicate that can Yeah, I mean so that's pretty it's pretty extreme though, isn't it? It's it's all part of the right? It's all part of the It's all part of beer. Yeah. It's kind of fun, right? Yeah. Um I don't know if this is literally applied to every guilty pleasure music to drink your guilty pleasure beer to it, I guess. Probably like before you think the theme song of the Oh no, I mean I Jimmy stuff would be embarrassed when you like when it's the final, you don't really make some done. I don't mind that's me, that's good. No. I mean I'm I as I've got an old rock listen to music less and less, but I mean probably two of my favourites would be Arcade Fire and probably Nick Cave. Okay. That's not embarrassing either. No. So um Nick Cave Montreal too. Yeah, Nick Cave, the the more kind of rocky stuff he's got is Especially early on, I was doing a lot of IPAs, etc. But the, the beers that we've probably been highly regarded for the most are the darker beers, the brown. Yeah, the stout, the brown, the port is pretty highly regarded, I think. Um, yeah, so we kind of tend to use a lot of American hops and do IPAs, but the, 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 the critical or the, the kind of technical and critical acclaim has been more for the darker beers. Yeah. I have, we bought the, uh, so we had everything on tap the other week and we just bought everything in the fridge that wasn't on tap. <laughs> so I have more at home, we're going to have this week. So we've got cool. the Imperial IPA, Imperial Antler, Imperial yeah. Stout, yeah. Russell Brown, and I think everything else was on tap. Yeah, yeah, so we have those, we're looking forward to trying them. Is that what you're referring to, like the Imperial Stout? Yeah, so the Imperial Stout at the Beer Awards this year won a gold because I think two Australian beers. And it won the American Beer Awards? No, the Australian Beer Awards, but they're they're, they're, they're really big. Up there, right? Yeah, they're they're big awards. You get a lot of international breweries, a lot of American breweries. Oh, they come out here. Yeah, um, but that, the Stout in 2013 won Best Stout overall 
against all the internationals and as I was so yeah, it was really good. I actually had um, there was a somewhat there was an out of according to one tap I'm not sure if it was correct out of uh, production was called the sacrificious. Oh sacrificious. Yeah. So, it's like, like a nice like milk style. Yeah, it's like a it's four four percent actually. It's I can say this on this uh, this is just come, uh, just come out in the so you guys. Okay, cool. So we we released it in Cannes, so we, that was our first of our tinnage range. Right. Um, so a sweet stout. So sacrifice means containing sugar. So we throw uh, lactose, which is milk sugar, right. into the on brunette. Okay. Um, but we've actually packaged one, another sacrifice stout we brewed, and we put it on uh, on nitro. Cool. So we're actually releasing that next week. Next week. So that's packaged and done around the corner, around the corner. Okay. A limited, limited release, um, but we've got about 400, 300 cases of that we're releasing next week. So that's yeah. that's, that's coming back. That was really good. Yeah, really. yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a four percent. So I was always wanted to make a like a, a smaller stout. And I thought a sweet stout would suit that because you get a lot of flavour into with the sweetness. So yeah, um, yeah no, it's, it's been pretty pretty popular. So it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then the other question I had was any uh, like new and upcoming breweries to watch for maybe when I have some names or like other, you know, if you're talking to, uh, say, or even like specifically to make it a more targeted question for the viewers and listeners in Canada and the States specifically who are curious about Aussie craft beer, like if there's, it's a two-part question, if it was either new and upcoming breweries that maybe you've had a few of their things, like say Stomping Ground or something, that's mm-hmm. like you're like, they're about to be good, and also what would be, you know, like, your top five Aussie breweries or Aussie beers that you would recommend to someone who isn't from here, if they have come here or if they have access to that, okay. what would you be like? So there's, there's uh, the breweries that I'd look out for if I was coming here would be um, Bolter up in um, Gold Coast for Surface Paradise, yeah. um, which is owned by professional surfers, Mick Fanning and a couple of other guys. Um, he's the guy who got attacked by the shark. Oh really? Yeah. 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 So he's um, he's one of the owners along with his um, fellow surfers. Um, Stopping ground opening in Collingwood in the next week or two. Um, Ash is a really good brewer. It's a fantastic, um, fantastic bar area they've got. The guys own the local tap houses, so they really know how to put a bar together. Just that. Yeah. So they're from from eight or so years of running bars. They've worked out what works, what doesn't. Think that opens this week or next week. Um, ben spoke in Canberra. We, we, we don't get he doesn't his beers don't really go off site too much, but they're opening up the production brew, so which means we'll start canning as well. So we should see his beers out down here. So if I had to say favourite Australian breweries, I'd probably say Feral and WA. Yes. I'd say Boat Rocker. Just like 20 cases away. Yeah, the brace ones are there. He's got the Matt's got the big uh, barrel program. Some of the stuff he's putting out is really well class. It's really great. Um, so there's two. I would say uh, Pirate Life in South Australia, who have just really wrecked it and they've killed it. They've, they have really. Oh, it's incredible how quickly they have. The only yeah, there are, I think there are a couple of American brewers that worked at a couple of the big American craft breweries, so they really know what they're doing. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, I'm a real fan of Motors Operandi in up the northern beaches of, um, of uh, Sydney. Right. 
don't see their beer. They're not a massive brewery, but the beers that are all really good quality, especially their kind of hot base IPAs, etc. are really good. And then, who else is really good? Uh, Victorian, I do think are really good. Big 12, Sebo, like I said, Bridge Road's always, Bridge Road, yeah. Ben does some really interesting stuff. He kind of, uh, he's quite experimental. And most of it works, and some of it's brilliant. So that's like the, my colleagues out there, some of my favourites. But it's really, <laughs> there's new ones opening all the time. Right. It's really hard to keep up. Standard game. Yeah, I mean, the standard, I mean, I judged, did my first judging about three weeks ago in Brisbane for the Australian Year Awards. And the standard across the board is really, every year just gets better than ever. There's kind of, the lowest common denominator is rising all the time. There's very few beers you get which have pretty much faults. Right. And you know, well, 10 years ago that would have been easy. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's really impressive, man. Overall, definitely, uh, I've tried, probably tried about 120 beers, I reckon, in the yeah. last few weeks. So I get a fairly decent snapshot. Uh, yeah. yeah of, of, I tried as many different things as I could, and I didn't always know someone was giving me shit on Facebook because I was only the reviewing like James Squire. And I can remember them back in the day, and I know that they're yeah. like, you know, macro, whatever, whatever, but like, they weren't too bad, I guess. But even then, even for those on that side, it wasn't so bad. So, like, as a whole, like, I can see that from me not knowing much, I feel like it's pretty on par with. I felt like there's still more sessionable beers overall, like I was saying, yeah, but yeah. overall, I can definitely see what you're saying. Like, you know, maybe in it for so long, but uh, from sort of an outsider's perspective, it definitely appears to be strong and growing and uh, quality beers across the board for a whole different set to try to get as many wide range of things as possible. Yeah, I mean, like, where, so West Australia, you probably say, is the home of craft beer in Australia. Right. I think Victoria's probably overtaken in terms of breadth and depth of availability and good craft breweries, but West Australia always has been a little strong. Sydney, New South Wales, or more specifically Sydney, probably in the last few years has really started to become its game. Yeah. Um, Brisbane and around Brisbane has a really strong craft beer scene, um, really good craft beer scene, actually got some great bars up there. There's some, a couple of really, actually that's another really, Green Beacon is a really good, really good brewery too. My daughter's just dropping off some bottles. Is it that? Green Beacon's another one that's, yeah, you know, had their beers a couple of weeks ago, and the beers were really, really good. Uh, yeah, so, in, in South Australia, there's some, some good breweries popping up there too, so. So every major city's kind of like, yeah, yeah. Like well represented. I guess the rural towns that have a lot of them being, like Ridge Road is in the front ridge, and it's, uh, Beechworth. Yeah, so you're getting a lot of, I mean, I think, I reckon if you now, if you went into most regional centres in Melbourne, sorry, in Australia, you, you would find a craft. Yeah. I'd be surprised if you would find one in Asia. I guess it's a good climate anywhere in the country for it, even if it's a light sounds up north. Yeah. A bit more of variety now. That's right, yeah. Um, so I'm uh, very impressed. So it looks like we've come to, to about the end, man. Is there, uh, are you on social media yourself, or is it more better? No, I'm, I'm um, that. Yeah, well, most people who know me would know I'm not one of my strengths. But no, so, we, so we're so we under MP Group. MP Group. And on Facebook, we're on Instagram, etc. MP Group. Yes. MP Group. One of them is a brewery. One's brewery, one's brewery. I think I was tagging you guys the other day. 
One of the two, you know what, that's fine, look it up, mate. You guys are on Google. It's not that bad. Um, yeah, man, Andrew, thank you. Really oh, appreciate pleasure, man. Thanks for coming down. No worries. It's good to chat. Likewise, man. It's been great to learn about it. And, pleasure. Um, yeah, man. All the Canadians, North Americans, make sure to check out Monson and uh, thanks come for and visit. Come, come, come visit. We'll put all the details in the links below. Cheers, guys. Cool. Cheers.